Welcome to Death Holler. Do you like scary movies? Welcome to Season 3. Slash or pass. There will be laughter. <laughs> tears. <laughs> tender moments. Jeez. Jeez. My special, special boy. But most of all, screams. <laughs> Remember, when you're in Death Holler, listener discretion is always advised. We hope you have a killer time. host and the time traveling killer the reverend dr death and joining me as always is my co-host and ultimate final girl la urena do you think you'll survive the sequel urena uh no because i was dead before we even had the prequel so i'm <laughs> not i'm not unless there's some way to bring me back i'm sure there is uh we've seen it in our previous episode that we recorded uh i, I get stabbed by some magical sword you know Maybe. Yeah, that, that, that usually works pretty well. All right, we have finally made it. The end of Slasher Pass season. Uh, we've covered all the major Slasher franchises, uh, watched some of the lowest-grade films in the genre, and survived <laughs> to tell the tale. Uh, did we cover all the movies in the genre? Hell no. But like any good Slasher, there's always room for a sequel. <laughs> so at some point in the future, we will get to the Hatchet films, Urban Legend movies, Saw, The Collector, uh, possibly cover Scream Queens, maybe even review the Hack Slash comics. Who knows? <sighs> but this episode, we are finishing things out with two modern slashers, both horror comedies, which we both enjoy, mm -hmm. and both dealing with the loss of a mother. Ugh. So there's kind of a theme going on. It was rough. <laughs> So take a seat in your photo booth time machine, grab your favorite Camp Bloodbath merch, and join us as we review Totally Killer and The Final Girls. Uh, first up, though, if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd appreciate it if you would take the time to like, comment, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. It helps us get more visibility on podcast listings and helps us grow. Also, consider following us on social media. You can fi find us on TikTok and Twitter under Death Holler Pod, and we can be found on Instagram and Facebook under Death Holler Podcast. We appreciate everyone who listens and hope you enjoy the show. First movie, Totally Killer from 2023. Tagline, Murder is so 1987. Which I love. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but <laughs> no one from this age would get it. No, I mean, they, they really wouldn't. Uh, 
uh, directed by Nanachka Khan. Wow, okay. That's the best I can do with that name. Yeah. Uh, written by David Madelon, Sasha Pearl Raver, and Jen D'Angelo, who did the screenplay. And then David Madelon and Sasha Pearl Raver did the story. Uh, music by Michael Andrews. Made for a budget of $34 million, and I don't have a box office because it wasn't released in the movies. Oh, it was put on a- Amazon. Amazon. How? God, there's got to be a way they calculate something because... I don't know. There's no way no one's math on that. They do that probably by streaming numbers, but that stuff is so hidden right now that there's no chance of knowing what that is. Principal players, we have Kieran Shipka playing Jamie Hughes slash Colette. We'll get into the reason why she has a name change later on. <laughs> she, is, she is the time-traveling final girl. Of course, she was in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and the Black Coat's daughter that we have previously covered on this podcast also was a voice on the Legend of Korra, and was on Mad Men. Oh yeah, so I forgot she was a she was a young one on Mad Men. Uh, yeah, she's. I I really hope she does more horror stuff. I like her in about every horror related thing I've seen her in. So yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Appia plays Doug Summers, at least the teen version, who is the Sweet Sixteen killer, at least the original one. Because, uh, spoiler alert, Jonathan Potts, who plays Chris Dubasage, is the adult version, uh, or the adult version is the Sweet 16 killer from 2023, and he's the one that goes back in the altered timeline and, and kills a few and kills a few more people. So, I just thought of something that I feel like I should bring up at the end. We're going to have to put a pin in it, but there's an original killer who we mm-hmm. find out who that, oh, we know what happens to them. Never mind. We know what happens to them when they get older and who they become. We just yes. don't understand. The, 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 the second killer who you just mentioned is technically a copycat. He is a copycat, and technically, even though he was killed, there is another version of him at the end of the movie that's still alive and may come back someday. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Keep an eye on him just in case, you know. <laughs> Uh, let's see. He was actually, Jonathan Potts has been in a couple ap- episodes of Supernatural. Uh, he's a voice actor and done a ton of TV shows. Um, so you know who I would have liked to see in the character of Jonathan Potts because he reminded me of him is the character that plays, uh, oh God, who's, oh, who's your favorite character from what we do in the shadows? Oh, Colin Robinson. Colin Robinson. <laughs> Don't you think he'd be awesome? He would be pretty good in that role. I, I don't know if I sent it to you. There is a video that somebody, this tangent, but some there's a video somebody has of uh, the actor who plays Colin Robinson, and he was once on like a uh, a local oh, TV show. Oh, you sent that to me, yeah. Oh, my God. He's the same exact person in real life. It's he was hilarious. Colin Robinson before he was Colin Robinson, basically. <laughs> uh, we have Lachlan Monroe making his return again this season. He's been in several uh, episodes of this podcast this season. Uh, playing Blake Hughes, the adult version, uh, who is Jamie's dad. Uh, Lachlan, you will remember as being the guy with a small dick in a <laughs> scary movie. And he plays the cop in Freddy vs. Jason, the young cop yep. that ends up getting killed. So, uh, Leanna Liberato, uh, Liberato plays Tiffany Clark, uh, once bitten, twice dead. Uh, she, she was in Scream 6. Uh, she just can't seem to catch a break in all the timelines. No matter who tries to save her, she she's dead meat. Yeah. Steffi Chin Salvo plays Marissa Song, who is kill is the killed out of order victim. 
Um, she uh, was originally meant to uh, to die at another time, but whenever Jamie goes back to change things, she still dies just in a different order. Uh, she was in Critters, A New Binge, which was a TV series about Critters, which I didn't even know existed. So there you go. Uh, Anna Diaz plays Heather Hernandez, who got pushed up in, in the kill order, unfortunately for her. But, you know, yeah. when you mess around with time, things happen. Uh, Julie Bowen plays Pam Miller-Hughes, who is Jamie's mom, and she's the 2023 Fresh Kill by Duba Duba. What has how do do but douche assage is that what like her uh, uh Blake Hughes calls him he calls him something douche but I, I can't remember how he says it I forgot yeah uh but anyways uh she's obviously in Modern Family mm-hmm. you know uh she was in Hubie Halloween I know a lot of people like Hubie Halloween I tried watching that movie I could not get into it never I, even I heard of it. it. It's an Adam Sandler Netflix show, and he plays like a character that's like one step down the rung retarded from the uh, from the uh, oh, water yeah. boy. Okay. Um, I don't know. She was in Happy Gilmore, though, so she was another Adam Sandler movie. Uh, plays the the hot piece that he goes after in that movie. The one uh, in the sprinklers. Was... Yeah, I'm what? pretty sure that's her. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, she does a voice on the DuckTales, the new series. Uh, she actually plays like the, the witch duck lady or whatever on that show, I believe. And then American Werewolf in Paris. She was in that. So she does have some, a little bit of horror background, even though she's mostly known for modern family. Um, you know Uh, what I just realized that the killer realized when we were doing round two, AKA back in 1987 and, and things are getting switched up where people are getting killed out of order. Uh, I think they took a little advice from the uh, Terrifier movies where, uh, <laughs> what is the thief of happiness? It was uh, punctuality. Uh, punctuality is the thief of happiness. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to kill, and I don't care if it's in the right order at the right time either. Yeah, it's just whoever's convenient and whoever, you know, because as long as they, they all die, that's the main point anyways. Yeah. Uh, Fred Henderson plays Norm Dubasage, who's the local news reporter, and uh, Chris's dad. Um, and he was in Final Destination 2, two episodes of Supernatural, just like his the character who plays his son. Yeah, just like his son. <laughs> <laughs> Invitation, and then Friday the 13th Part 8. So wow. he was in a Friday, Friday the 13th movie. Cool. Uh, Olivia <clears throat> Holt plays Pam, T- Pam Miller as the teen version. She's the leader of the Mollies and an uber bitch. <laughs> Uh, she was in the Cruel Summer TV series uh, and then also in Cloak and Dagger. Uh, Charlie Gillespie plays Blake Hughes as a teen who's oh, yeah. a stoner and a dumbass. <laughs> and uh, they got a real hot bod that his daughter had to witness for a short period. I, th- I think that's hilarious. The, the movie has so many like little, that's what I love about it. It has so many little t- callbacks. Like her dad was like, she she saw the shirt whenever Lachlan Monroe's wearing it. That he's got like one of those muscle shirts yeah. on that that's literally muscles. And she's like, she's like looking at him. She's like, dad. And he's like, what? I was Jack back in the day, whether you believe it or not. And then she goes back in time. She's like, who is that? And she's like, oh, that's Blake Hughes. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't blame her for not knowing that that was her dad. Because uh, first off, he's a little darker. He's a little more olive tone and he's got dark hair. And her, that is true. Yeah, her dad uh, is pasty, and and although the character who plays her dad used to be jacked in real life, back in the day, like he's got blonde hair, he always has, so it didn't look a lick like her dad. 
I, I will forgive it for this because like, I will say this, my dad uh, was like, he would get like super duper dark tan, like whenever like the summer would roll around. Mm -hmm. And then like later in life, whenever he was, I mean, got sick or whatever, like he was super pale. So like the, the color thing can be an issue. That's as you true. Age, yeah. So, I'm pasty uh, as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the one thing that I found funny about Blake Hughes as a teenager is his accent doesn't match Lachlan Monroe no. later on. He's got more of like a, it's, it's, I don't know. Like it's, uh, it's not Bostonian, but it's like Philadelphia or it's something up North and it doesn't sound like Lachlan. So. No, it doesn't. Um, which I don't know if that's intentional or they're just like, I don't know because the way that we spoke as teenagers is not how we speak now either. So, well, that's true too. Uh, I will say in his defense, though, face-wise, he's not a terrible match. For no, no, no. I, yeah, it, it could work definitely. Uh, facial features, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. Like I said, it it does make sense how it could be her dad, but at the same time didn't look a bit like her dad. She's like, Ugh. <laughs> Well, but it also kind of mimics that, though, whenever you look back at, like, I mean, you have these people that find photos of their parents and, like, oh, who's that? And it's like, oh, that was your dad back in the day. And it's like, that looks nothing like my dad, you know, like, or that sort of thing. I so. guess so. My dad looks exactly the same, except now he's got a little more gray hair. He's a little chubbier, uh, which, I mean, come on, we all get a little chubbier as we get older. Uh, I guess same with my mom. My mom uh, is freaking gorgeous. Uh, I hope those jeans stick with me. <laughs> but yeah, other than gaining a little weight, she she looks the same. I found a picture one time of my dad whenever he was like a, a kid, and he almost had the facial structure of Jensen Ackles. I'm, oh I'm shit! Telling you the fucking truth. <laughs> and it was like, and he looked nothing like him later on. Like I was like, okay, I mean, well, it did. It was his. I could tell by his eyes, but it didn't really. You know, it just it was weird to see. All chiseled as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Troy Lay and Johnson plays, uh, Lauren Creston, who the teen version, at least, who's the inventor of the time travel. Her name's uh, Troy, Troy Leanne. Okay. Yeah. Troy Leanne. All right. Uh, in a movie called let's scare Julie, uh, Kelsey, uh, Mawima plays Amelia Creston, who is Jamie's BFF and figured out time travel, oh, yeah. uh, to send her back in time. Synopsis: Back to the Future. If it were a slasher horror film, uh, um, yeah, that's all you really need. That's it. <laughs> uh, but but uh, uh, further, uh, a little bit more. Jamie Hughes uses a time machine, go back to 1987, to stop the Sweet Sixteen killer from going on the rampage that ultimately results in her mom's death in 2023. The 80s meet woke. Sweet Sixteen killers going for broke, and the times they are a changing, folks. <laughs> Body count. In the original timeline, we have four people. In the altered timeline, we have six. Uh, original timeline, Tiffany Clark was stabbed 16 times by Doug Summers. Uh, Marissa Song was stabbed 16 times by Doug Summer. Heather Hernandez was stabbed 16 times by Doug Summer. You get the sweet 16, the 16 times. There you go. Yeah. And then in 2023, Pamela or Pam Miller Hughes is stabbed 16 times in the side and back by Chris Dubasage, who is... Uh, doing this all for his podcast. Ah, uh, yes. Um, it's hard to it's hard to have a podcast, guys. It's hard to get one up and running, and it's hard to get the one with the attention that it needs. Sometimes you gotta uh, you gotta you gotta resort to killing. Yeah, <laughs> we have no plans of doing uh, that. We just want to state that now. 
uh, altered timeline, Tiffany Clark, uh, again, is the first one to die. She doesn't get out of this situation, even though she does change locations. Yes. Uh, Heather Hernandez uh, is stabbed 16 times. She moves up the chain slightly. Uh, Marissa Song actually would have been saved because uh, we don't have the original killer this time. It's not Doug Summers. But unfortunately, uh, um, you know, Marissa Song is killed by Chris Dubashaj when he comes back in time. I did skip this. Doug Summers, the original Sweet, Sweet 16 killer, is impaled through the back by Kara Lim with a scythe in this altered timeline. So he is actually taken out now yeah. in the altered version. Um, Norm Dubasage has his, uh, is stabbed in the temple by Chris, uh, the Sweet 16 killer. And then Chris himself is shredded into mist. He turns into red paste uh, uh, by the quantum drop after being shot several times by Jamie Hughes with a nail gun. Yes. Uh, you didn't mention one thing about Tiffany, though. Um, Tiffany would have been safe. She wouldn't have been the first to die. She might have lived if she had just given a BJ. That is true. Uh, the BJ would have saved her life, but uh, it did uh, send uh, a potential uh, future musician yes. into an alternate career path. He is no longer a metal musician. He now sings emo music. Alternative rock, if you will. <laughs> uh, I like those little changes they did with stuff yeah. like that throughout the movie. Uh, Non-counted both timelines is Trish, who was killed in a car crash after being forced to consume alcohol by Tiffany Clark, oh, Heather yeah. Hernandez, and Marissa Song off-screen, which is mentioned. Yeah. That is, and, and that moment is one of my favorite in the movie where, like, uh, Jamie accuses uh, Pam of being in on that, and she looked at her and she said, do you really think that I'm that kind of person that I would have fucking done that to her? You know, like, that's... That's a pretty good moment, you know, <clears throat> because the whole movie she's trying to reconcile with Pam, but then like, you know, she she assumes the absolute worst thing about her mom, uh, and then, you know, kind of gets clapped back for it because her mom might have been a bitch, but she wasn't evil in that yeah. sense. Um, and that's probably the reason why she was never targeted by the original killer, too. I mean, oh, because yeah. uh her it was her friends that were the ones that, that caused that. Uh, quotes for the movie I mean we've got several but these are the ones I found on here uh, adult Randy Finkel uh, yeah so um, the first thing you want to do if you see the killer is run remember avoid the knife keep your life <laughs> and that concludes the uh, safety uh, training that he was giving at to the school assembly that day that was it uh, he was the guy that, that stood over top of her and belched in her face, right? Oh, like, yeah. When she went back in time. And he became the new principal after the original Sweet 16 killer was killed in the past. Oh, yeah. Because I, I didn't, I don't remember seeing everything, like what came to be after, you know? Yeah. Doug Summers was the original principal in her original timeline. Yeah. And when he was killed, uh, and now it was Randy Finkel who took over, so... Uh, Jamie Hughes, uh, God, the 80s are wild. <laughs> yeah, because, like, there's she's all thinking that she's got to give security information as to why she's asking what room a student is in or let this guy know why they're inspecting the fucking Gravitron, which is not called the Gravitron, but, you know, we get it. And they're just like, oh, okay. Like, they just willy-nilly, and that's probably how it was, you know? Yeah, I think it's hilarious that, I mean, she starts giving all this information. She's like, 
uh, I'm from this place in Canada and this is my name. And the woman's not even paying attention to her. She's just going ahead and get the paper out. She's like, all right, here you go. Yeah. Here's your schedule. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Jamie Hughes. I know it wasn't Eddie, but how do I know it wasn't Eddie? Uh, Teen Lurch. Uh, He told me all about that night, how he was making out with Tiffany, but then left as soon as she said she didn't do blowjobs. Just think, maybe (laughs) if she did do blowjobs, she'd still be alive. And then Jamie responds back, yeah, let's not make that the lesson. Dude, she, they, uh, so I'm convinced with all her wokeness that they're making fun of wokeness. Oh, I'm 100% convinced that. Somebody was making the argument that the movie was woke, and I told them that. I was like, if you watch the movie, she is her wokeness does not help her at all yeah, in the movie. In fact, and- everybody around her is making fun of her over it, and it actually causes her more problems in the wrong long run because she's such a buzzkill that nobody will listen to her yes so they're making a comment about the how the woke stuff is it's got a point i mean you know you can be a better person you can learn from the mistakes of the past but being preachy uh you know and and like browbeating people gets you no favors you know <laughs> so there's no point in it uh brody about back to the future I do want to see that movie, uh, though. And then Sheriff Dennis Lim, not me. I hate time travel movies. Never make any sense. (laughs) Uh, Basically the movie making fun of itself, which was hilarious. I don't know if I've got it in here under the comments, but what do you, what did you think of his order of people that he hates when, uh, doctor or when, uh, Sheriff Dennis Lim was talking about it, it was old people. Uh, I think it was old people, people with dogs and then people, kids or something like that. Maybe not in that order. And, uh, and then the guy, or maybe it was handicapped people. And the guy was like, his deputy was like, that's good list. That's good list of people to hate. You know, (laughs) I don't remember that. Honestly, he was, they were sitting there as a very first thing. They were making up a list of people that are just like the worst. And I'm like, damn, you just hate anybody. That's not like, uh, uh, Jamie Hughes, uh, to Blake, Randy and Cara as they arrive at Marissa's cabin. Uh, I thought it was just going to be the four of us. And then Pam Miller, what's the big deal? Did you just want to les out this weekend? <laughs> yeah. And then Jamie Hughes, gross. Not Your comment was gross, not gay people. Gay people yeah. are amazing. Your comment, it, it, it had homophobic undertones. Oh, that know? was so funny. <laughs> uh, Jamie Hughes, you shouldn't talk to your mom that way. You never know when. She just cares about you. And then Pam Miller was like, oh, so what? Like, you have a great relationship with your mom. And then Jamie's like, no, but I wish I did. And I wish I told her that I loved her more. I just didn't understand what she, and then she kind of trails off because she's kind of tearing up. And then Pam's like, hey, I'm saying this as a friend, but nobody wants to hear you talk about how, about how much you love your mom, okay? <sighs> it's it's a good moment, though, because yeah. it's like one of the, the few heartfelt moments in the movie uh, where she actually gets to address the fact that she's talking to her mom, but, but yeah. it's not her mom, you know? We get that twice in these films, so, you know. We do. Yeah. Uh, I would argue that the second film has it way better, but yeah. it was a good moment in this one. It, it was a good one. Uh, Chris Dubasad, you shouldn't have time-traveled. Then Jamie's like, and you shouldn't have messed up my family. And then she shoots him with a nail gun, and then she tells him to enjoy the ride and then kicks him to his death. That was a pretty sweet little moment. Pink mist. Pink mist. And then final line from Jamie, fucking time travel. Yeah. You know, that that sums it up. Uh what do you think about this movie visually? I know it's an Amazon movie, but I thought I 
I felt like it looked like a decent movie. I mean, it didn't have like that independent look to it or anything. Well, so. let's let's get the facts straight here. This is a Blumhouse film. It is. It looked uh, like a happy happy death day almost. The nice it does, clear and, 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 quality to it. Um great camera angles, uh lots of action. The horror comedy is on point. I would argue that I mean this is kind of getting a review of it a little bit, but to me, it, it's right up there with the other ones. That, that I mean, I would put it above Freaky, personally. I would oh, say yeah. that my order would be Happy Death Day, probably Happy Death Day 2, and then Totally Killer, and then Freaky, and then, spoiler alert for my thoughts on It's a Wonderful Knife, but I'd put it at the bottom. So. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> which is, It's a Wonderful Knife, is that Blumhouse? I don't know that it's Blumhouse, but it's basically one of these movies. Oh, yeah. Well, it's I mean, a horror it really comedy. Is. Yeah. Um, uh, for, just from what I've seen, Happy Death Day, Totally Killer, Happy Death Day 2, and then uh, Freaky. I wouldn't argue with that because I hesitate to say Happy Death Day 2 now that I've seen this. They're kind of neck and neck for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, as far as, far as how I like Because Happy Death Day 2 is, is awesome. It's just this is the order of, you know, likability, I should say. Yeah. Uh, the story, I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, they gave you a reason why she should get. Now, the only thing that somebody might say is like her friend randomly invents time machine. Okay. But there has to be some kind of like bullshit reason, excuse for her to go back in the past. I mean, yeah, you just have to get over that fact. If you want to be hung up on that, then you'll probably hate the movie, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's that's you just dragging yourself down at that point, though. Yeah, because I mean, if you if you just go with the, the concept of it, and then her going back, I mean, it's it's a good idea. It's like, okay, can you go back and prevent this slasher from doing their thing? And you know, she finds out that she can try, but then her interfering causes the the slasher to act in a different way than it originally. So now anybody's up for grabs at that point. She even gets she almost gets Blake, her own dad, killed in the process because yeah. whenever he in the cabin where she intervenes, Blake, I mean, puts his life on the line. Oh, to yeah. To save Pam at that point. And he gets stabbed, too, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. <clears throat> and he, he survives. But, um, okay, wait, real quick, jumping in on relating these movies, <clears throat> excuse me, to It's a Wonderful Knife. It's a Wonderful Knife has the same writer as Freaky, but it is a Shutter production, not a Blumhouse. That's true, yeah. So. That, that's true. Uh. <sighs> I'll say this about It's a Wonderful Knife. I mean, because it's tangential to this. It's its concept is good. I mean, I really dig that concept. It's I mean, it's it's almost a tangent to Happy Death Day because Happy Death Day is about these re, this repeating Groundhog Day scenario, uh, or even Totally Killer because it's you know they talk about the possibility of alternate timelines where you know that that's one of my favorite lines in this movie where they're breaking down Back to the Future and then Jamie asks uh, you know. Uh, you know, her, her friend's mom, you know, who's a teen at that point, she's like, so will I disappear like in back to the future? If I keep my parents don't get together. And she's like, no, she said, that's where back to the future got it wrong. She said, you'll exist, but you'll go back to a time where you never did. So it's it's set. And that's exactly what it's a wonderful knife is. It's like, she goes to reality where she was never born. And, and yeah. what, how do you deal with that? Because even your parents don't recognize you at that point. That's you never wild. And then it's like, who's your fucking parents? 
uh, you don't have any because yeah. the world you came from is an alternate reality that never existed. So, I mean, <sighs> it's, it, it is, I mean, it's a wonderful knife is like a tangent to this. That's kind of cool. In a way. But the only problem with that is, is that this one handles the horror and the comedy a lot better and it's a lot more polished. Yeah. Uh, it's a wonderful knife is is a little uh, it's a little lackluster in both its comedy and its horror and then whenever it gets to the end of the movie um i'm just gonna say this about it i don't understand why everybody in the movie who's a good person has to be gay and yeah. it's a wonderful knife uh they had a little bit of that in this movie where when she goes back to the future jamie was actually the name of the in honor of her actually she should be proud of this her mom ended up naming her firstborn which happened to be much earlier because her parents hooked up earlier uh who was the brother uh named it after her named her jamie but like or named him jamie but like in this reality he's he he's he's a gay guy or whatever it's yeah. fine he's you know but in it's a wonderful knife that's what i was telling you about it whenever we spoke offline about it the main character ends up having those tendencies that's that's a spoiler but i'm just throwing it out there uh her mom who's played by Catherine isabel or i mean not, not her mom her her aunt who's played by Catherine isabel has a you know has a wife or whatever so that's the gay relationship her brother's gay and uh it's just like there, there's the whole family is it's at one point except for her mom and dad and i'm just like i get representation and it's fine but but whenever it's that much, it's it's not representation. It's actually it, it's over representation. Yeah, or, and, it, and it takes it takes me out of the movie. To be e honest, yeah, I mean that's like I don't know. It, there's a reason why certain groups are called the minority, and I think people get a, take offense to that when you shouldn't. It's just that we're not the majority. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, if you were the majority, then you would be the ones that would be the bashers in comparison to the ones, you know, that are the victim, if you will. Uh, when it comes to certain topics, I should say, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying it's bad to have the representation. My biggest issue oh, yeah. is just that it's it's so, it, whenever, if you look at a census for how many people claim that they are or even you know even if you take into consideration that they they there might be more people than they say they are that's that way when you start making the movie like 60 40 oh yeah that that's too much that's that's too much that yeah point. i don't know i think <clears throat> i feel like one might argue but i still don't feel that's a thing that you know oh well a person like that was gonna surround people like them maybe like minded but not all everyone is all that that's like a Mexican person surrounding themselves with nothing but Mexicans. Yeah, it's a thing, but not really. We're in a mixed society now where everyone kind of blends together. It's a melting pot, if you will. Well, I, I could see that argument if you were talking about friends. You can pick your friends. Oh yeah. But this is her this is her fucking family. Her brother, oh yeah, her aunt. She is. I mean, it's like that's that's, that's a wild. Excessive. Okay. So every everyone in the family except for the you know parents the and parents. maybe yeah yeah okay yeah. interesting and uh and if anybody wants to tune out for just a split second this is a spoiler alert too the heterosexual people in the movie they're all bad people bum, bum, her, par bum. Her, her parents her parents are bad people in the movie of in the course. alternate universe oh my god Okay. And of course, uh, Justin Long, who's the you know villain in the movie. I mean, that's in the previews. He's he's even though he talks like he might not be, 
Uh, he is a heterosexual. He has a very hot wife in the movie, and he's a total scumbag, and so is she. So I didn't again, know he was the villain. I didn't get that from the previews. <laughs> oh, they, they show a picture where she unmasks in her reality the, the snow angel killer, and it's him. So, um, And when she goes to the alternate reality, she has to convince everybody that it's him, even though they don't believe her. That's oh my. kind of the point of the movie. Oh, Lord. That's hella funny. Uh, but... Yeah, when when all of your heterosexual people are evil, uh, I, I don't know. It's it, it it's what it is. Uh, getting back to this movie though, uh, story wise, I, I liked all the little things they worked into the story. How they, I love the comment they made in the movie where they were ma- where she was making fun of the MCU's like version of time travel because I've hated uh, Endgame's version of time travel since they talked about it. It's like. They were like, Back to the Future was stupid, is what they basically lay out in that in 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 game. And they're like, if you go back in the past, you create an alternate timeline that and then they, they go on the and it's all bullshit. They talk about how you skew over and like and, and you don't affect any, affect anything in that happens later. You just create like an alternate way that, that stuff happens. And I'm like, that makes no goddamn sense. What are you even talking about? And I love how this movie lined it out. It's like it's like a river. It's the easiest explanation. You go up river and you drop something in it. It when it goes back downstream where you came from. Yeah, it's going to have changed things. That makes sense. You it know? does. And it's so funny because they do they do talk a lot of shit in this movie about <laughs> films or they talk shit about certain things. And I think it's <laughs> I think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh. The acting, I, I liked everybody in this movie acting wise. Oh, I yeah. don't think there was a, there was a bad bad actor in the bunch. I mean, like there was nobody that really stood out as just being like, you know, I mean, after the movies we've seen, I mean, I know that's not saying much. I mean, we're and we're not getting grade A thespians here. No, and obviously there is a ranking. I would put uh, Karen and Shipka at the top of the list. She's yeah. obviously the best, one of the best in the movie outside of you know the the actress who, Julie Bowden who plays her mom. Uh, but like, still, everybody else pulls their weight. Like, oh, there's definitely, not, not a problem with it. Even the teenagers, I was kind of worried that the teenagers would be kind of just uh, overly eighties, you know, like trying too hard. I didn't get that vibe from them at all. I thought it worked really smooth. I would say my favorite though was uh, Kiernan Ship, uh, Kiernan Wong, whatever her her um best friend's mom back in the eighties though, because it didn't take hardly any coercing to get her to believe that I'm from the future. She's like, yeah, I've already entertained the idea that that's a possibility. She said, yeah, I love her excuse for that too. She's like, if you uh, plan on inventing time travel, you have to prepare for the inevitability that somebody from the future will contact you. Oh yeah. And it's so funny (laughs) because it's like, she, (laughs) when you look at the actress, so the mom is not as polished in the future. In the in the in the original twenty twenty three timeline, no, she's not. But she actually she gets better after the change. Yeah, like she's a uh, and and I, and I like that about the whole thing. It's it, you could say that it's acting, but at the same time, it, it to, to me when you watch the film, clearly she had the acting chops because she acts a lot better at you know in the, after the change. I want to say this because she's supposed to be like very inwardly like. Uh, uh, you know, she's an introvert. Uh, she doesn't like really emote very much because like she's had all of her dreams basically dashed in her life. She, you know, wanted to be this big like engineer, you know, and then like ends up working at a fucking factory because, you know, yeah. she, she never, 
accomplished anything. No, but in the, <laughs> I thought she was super, super cute, but it's so funny because, you know, you get a uh, cannon that's like, wow, you look great. <laughs> Because she's so ragged in 2023, and in her younger years, she's just gorgeous, you know? She's this mixed, African-American mixed with some other, I don't know, Caucasian possibly, you know? Gorgeous girl. And then again, you're right, in the future when she comes, if you go back to the future, if you will... (laughs) <laughs> she's polished. Fa- her curls are definitely more defined. Like they made her look more polished in the second round of 2023. They did. Uh, one of my favorite callbacks to Back to the Future, since that is one of my favorite trilogies, is uh, when Jamie keeps referring to her mom as mom when she's back in the past. Oh, mama, mama, Sita. She keeps trying to cover it up, and then finally, after the second time she does it, uh, she, she adds all this extra stuff about, oh, hot mama, mama Sita. And then uh, Pam says something like, yeah, I told you she was a les. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> oh, you know, one thing that was totally not, I was not buying it in this in this film, is that those girls were like, they were built like, like girls of 2023, meaning they were curvier, they had butts on them. Where in, in the 80s, you had boobs or a butt. You usually didn't have both. Uh, mm. We were built differently. I know, I know there was a few exceptions. I'm not saying nobody had a curvy body, but it wasn't tried for. You wanted to be super, super, super skinny, and that's how those girls were back in the day. They did not overeat like we do nowadays. <laughs> That that there is something to that, yeah. I, I think that uh, I think the Mollies, they were all built like twenty twenty three Insta models. They were supposed to be the hot girls of their school, though. To get yeah. to be fair, yeah. You know? um, and uh, I do feel like if you watch like the the other rands, like the other people that's in the crowd, I feel like they did a pretty decent job of getting like people who looked average enough to have been from the eighties. Yeah, I mean, Kiernan fit the 80s very well. Even her outfit, which is is a thing now. It's more 90s now. I feel like kids are more dressing like the 90s right now. That's the style that's come back. Some early Y2K as well. Literally, they call our pants Y2K pants from back in the day. It's wild. But, like, she went back to the 80s and nobody questioned her outfit because it looked like it was from the 80s. She had her mom's jacket, so that makes sense, you know. But, yeah. like, her body style... Kenna Shipka, she doesn't have a curvy body. Uh, she's no, she more of that eighties. What you're talking yes. about? Yeah, she's got that eighties flat butt vibe, you know. And her hair, even before she oh, went yeah. back to the eighties, matched decent enough to where it wasn't a problem. It just wasn't frizzy enough. She needs more aqua. Yeah, well, net. they did make they did make the comment that she her hair wasn't big enough. Uh, you know, like, yeah. So there there is that. Um, I and. I, I don't know. There were, there's several things that I like in the movie as far as just like the stuff that they added in. I mean, it's, um, it, it was, it was done well enough. I mean, I've watched it twice now and it, and I've, like I said, I, I would put it up there with one that I would want to go back and rewatch like happy death day. Yeah. Uh, the music, the music's not bad in the movie. Either. No. They actually have some decent, you know, eighties type songs. Whenever she goes back in the past, the very first thing they start playing is banana Rama. Oh I mean, yeah. Like that, you know, that, that fits pretty well. I was like, uh, that is, that was like one, that was like the song of the eighties. It's been in so many eighties movies, like the karate kid or films where you're going back to the eighties, if you will. 
Well, and they picked a good time in the eighties too, because like, if you go back to early eighties, it didn't, the eighties hadn't defined themselves. Yet. No. So, they, they, so a lot of the stuff, and we've seen this in our slasher coverage, early eighties is more late seventies. Oh, it, really it is. is. It's you, the same thing. You still had disco but, going on. But late eighties, they were full on like oh, the, yeah. everything you, you imagine that the eighties were, that 887 was that. I mean, that's whenever it hit. It's 1987, and I haven't even tried Coke yet. <laughs> uh, what did you think about that scene where she's talking about the difference between 80s pot and the edibles that are that we people that people have now, or eatables, as you like to say? So. No, that's what Donnie G calls them as eatables. Uh, okay, well, anyways, yeah, but still. Um, I was, she's explaining it, and to 2023 us, it makes sense, but to a teenager in the 80s, that's high as fuck, they don't know what the fuck she's talking about. She's like, I can give you a gummy the size of this, like this teeny tiny little morsel that, you know, will get you higher than this, and she throws the bag at her. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't weed, this is dirt. She's like, it's from the earth. Uh and speaking of the, and going back to what you're talking about, about they're making fun of her. The, the, I think they're making more fun of the woke stuff than they are the other way around. Oh yeah. They do have, they do have little snipes at, you know, uh, stuff in the eighties. Like whenever she looks up and the name of the school went from the red devils, which was a devil face to, a, you know, a native American. Yeah. You know, she's like, but, Oh, and um, there's the racism. And it's like, Oh, shut yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. You roll your eyes at that shit. But later on, uh, that where she's like keeps telling them about like how they shouldn't be, you know, partying or whatever because the killer's going to be there. And then that guy who becomes the new principal, the the, the jock or whatever, kicks her outside and says, yeah. uh, Well, you can stay outside with the trees since you want to and, and conserve them or whatever you're going to do. And like, I mean, and it basically tells her that she's, you know, this huge buzz, buzz kill. I'm like, I mean, if you're going to be one, that's yeah. what you get. I mean, that's that's what it amounts to. He was only calling it like he sees it, you know? <laughs> Is she, it's so funny because she could not see the fault in her ways either. She could not come to the realization that, okay, if I try a different approach, this might get to them, you know? And I think there's a commentary there that's underlying. It's like they, they can't understand. They might have good intentions, and if they went about it a different way, they might get more people on board, but they're so full of themselves that they turn people away. Even if you don't get there everybody on board, commentary. you can open up a, 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 a dialect with people. You can open up a conversation, you know, where everybody can kind of has an opportunity to say their piece or et cetera, and that's how conversations work. And I think there's some commentary there that's oh, yeah. been made, you know, that people are not picking up on. Yeah, oh, I yeah. Mean, she is woke. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, and she's 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 eye-rolling, cringy, you know, woke. But that's the point. I think that's the point they were trying to make with her. You know, it's like if she just, you know, like tried to connect with people instead of like accusing them all the time, then maybe, maybe she might get something started with them that way. Definitely. Uh, anything else you want to say about the movie before we move on to trivia? Um, no, let's get into trivia because it's going to add to anything that we're going to want to talk about, I bet. All right. Jamie mentions the movie Back to the Future several times. This uh, movie includes several director inverted allusions to that movie. Of course, the Mama Cita stuff is one of them because Marty's always like, dad, dad, daddy-o, whenever he's yeah. talking to George McFly. 
uh there is the 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 change you know like when she goes uh, will i you know will i disappear when my parents get together or whatever and even the fact that she fucks that up like if she just stayed quiet she would have been fine but then she when she's talking to pam she's like oh yeah you and uh blake get together and she's like wait I, what she's like i always have had a crush on him oh, and she's like no 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 you get together way later don't do this right now uh what she tell her at one point she like smacks in her face she's like stop being horny or yeah. whatever she too says. horny <laughs> too young too horny too young that's what she says yeah <laughs> which is only going to make them get closer you know, yeah that's how teenagers are you tell them not to and they're going they're going to uh, Jamie, the lead actress or the lead character, is named after actress Jamie Lee Curtis. So okay. there you go. Yeah, is she a final Jamie girl pa- though? She's trying to produce a different kind of final girl. Uh, are you talking about if Jamie's a final girl in the movie? Yeah, is Jamie a final girl? Uh, I would I would argue that Jamie's a final. She stands up to Chris Dubasage, so I That's mean, true, she doesn't yeah. kill the original killer. Yeah, she doesn't kill the original killer. Uh, but she does kill Chris, who is actually the one who killed her mother. So technically, she does get the the killer that she's going after. Okay. Uh, Jamie, Pam, and Blake had the last name Hughes. This is obviously not toward director John Hughes, who made The Breakfast Club and other assorted movies like Sixteen Candles, which have yes Molly Ringwald. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, teen Pam and her snobby friends dress up as various characters the actress Molly Ringwald portrayed, and they call themselves the Mollies. This is a nod to the 1989 film Heather's. Oh which yeah, is a very good film. Uh, the killer, uh, the, the killer wears a mask depicting the face of a grinning blonde-haired man, uh, designed by makeup wizard Tony Gardner, who you'll remember is actually the guy who does Chucky now. Oh, so yeah. there is a link between them. Uh, director Nanachka Khan uh, explains the mask had to originate in the 80s, so you had to have that nostalgic vibe. But in our movie, people still dress up like the killer in present day, so we wanted it to feel a bit re- relevant. We lend on the idea of a handsome man being terrifying. Tony Gardner and our design team started pulling 80s heartthrob references like Kiefer Sutherland and Rob Lowe and Dolph Lundgren and oh even Johnny God. Bravo. Yeah. And then it and then exaggerated it and made the teeth oversized. The idea was that the last thing you see is the beautiful smile as you're being killed. And that um, one earring, that dangling earring is so funny. Yeah, it told, that, I mean, it's totally 80s. Yeah. I mean, that, the one earring. Uh, I would go, I've heard reference to this. The mask reminds some people of Max Headroom. I don't know if you remember that show that was on in the 80s. Uh, it was a, it was like an early reference to like AI in the eighties and the, and the character like, Oh yeah, it does look like him. 100%. I think they had had some of that going on to be honest. That is scary. That's creepy. Uh, when the trailer was released, it drew comparisons and criticism for having a near identical plot to the 2015 film, the final girls. Yeah, it does. Uh, a film also about a teenage daughter going back in time try- to having to save their mother. The director of that film, Todd Strauss Schulson, commented on social media, haven't I made this movie before? Uh, they are a bit different plot, but they do share similarities. Folks, that is one reason why this is a double feature. Yes. <laughs> with, with the final girls, because yes, they do have a lot of similarities. I mean, um, one could argue that... The, the the daughter in The Final Girls doesn't necessarily go back into the future. She just goes into a film. But I guess it is supposed to be Back to the Future because she's trying to bring back. Okay, we'll get to that later. 
Yeah. Um, the creepy maintenance man, Damon, that Jamie bumps into at Billy's Boardwalk is seen as a youth also working at the amusement park before uh, being creepy when Jamie arrives in 1987. Yep. Uh, Molly Ringwald is alluded uh, to several times in the film. The movie's high school, Vernon High School, is probably a nod to Richard Vernon, the teacher who kept them all in detention in the Breakfast Club. Yep. Uh, the first time DNA was used to solve a crime was in 1987 in England. So oh. those cops, so those cops saying that DNA was stupid, kind of had a point because in Podunk, wherever yeah. they they weren't going to have access to. Well, it. I knew that they didn't know what it was. Obviously, when they were making fun of it, and it did get me to thinking. Well, wait, when did they start using DNA? I know they started trying like in the 70s, but it nothing like what we have today. No, uh, and the probably the biggest high profile. Uh, the very first high profile, uh, you know, cr- trial that ever tried to use it to my knowledge was the OJ trial because they kept trying to see if they could find the, the DNA that matched up or whatever to see yeah. if, it was, if it was him. And of course it somehow was or whatever, whatever. <laughs> that, that whole, that whole trial was a sham, but we'll not go into that. We don't have time for it. Uh, the first, uh, let's see, Jamie uses the surname LaFleur when she goes back in time. This is the female equivalent to Jim LaFleur, which is the pseudonym Sawyer uses in the TV show Lost when he goes back in time and, and lives among the Dharma Initiative. So a little bit more time travel, Good uh, Lord. you know, name usage. Uh, in present day, when Mr. Hughes and Sheriff Kara Lim are at Billy's Boardwalk searching for the missing Jamie, Amelia reveals she used my time machine. Sheriff Lim cuts her off and states that she will solve this case. And in fact, in 1987, she was the one to strike the killing blow against the original Sweet 16 killer, oh, yeah. making it possible to reveal his identity and solve the mystery of it. Of it. So uh, Sheriff Lim did solve the crime, even if it was the past version of herself. Yeah. That did it. Uh, at the beginning, when the po- I love that one line too. Whenever Jamie um, goes up to the old sheriff Lim, like the 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 male, and um, she says to him, it's like she's like, "You're the sheriff's uh, dad or whatever." And then the deputy looks at him, it's like they call your daughter the the sheriff. Awesome, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, at the beginning, when the podcast tour group gets samples from the Zataburger employee, uh, Chris Dubasage says, let's give it up for Angie, who wishes there were more people killed. Angie said there should have been at least six people for a serial killer. After the timeline has changed, there are exactly six people. Yes. Dead. Oh, my God. I did not catch that. But that was so funny because he totally put her on, like, blast. And she's like, I, I don't. I don't wish. <laughs> Uh, there is some good writing in that script because, I mean, like I said, it does link enough to itself to, to cover a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Death Hall Awards. What do we think about Jamie slash Colette Hughes? Since her name, for the folks who don't know, when she goes back to the, the future, uh, since she was the second-born child and her brother was named in honor of the original Jamie that helped the Pam and and uh and her uh boy toy get together uh now uh jamie's name is colette so that's the reason she's got dual names so she has to get used to being called colette you you know how many times they probably called for her brother and she's like huh (laughs) (laughs) that would have to be fucked up yeah i mean this is a tangent to all this um but in back to the future there was always the um the theory that when Marty came back to the future and he had changed everything that 
there should have been another Marty there because the Marty that went back to the past uh, came from a different scenario. His parents, you know, didn't get along. Biff was like the bully. And now that the family, you know, actually, you know, improved everything and they were getting along, uh, the, the, the Marty that would have existed in that, you know, uh, 1985 would have been a completely different person. And the dark theory is, is that he actually went with Jennifer or was going to go Jennifer camping like they originally said they were going to do. And he died, you know, when he went camping and it just so happened that that Marty showed up, took his place and nobody knew the difference. Oh my That's God. That's the dark theory mm. behind that. Damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to say something about Jamie slash Colette is that she finds out about being, well, yeah, she finds out about her name being Colette uh, because uh, who is it? It's uh Lauren. Is that the name of the mom? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Lauren, uh, she, back in time, she knew, okay, well, there's a time travel machine, so I better fucking give her a pamphlet of things that have changed. So hopefully when I see her, I can give her this book of the things that have changed. Now, I don't know how that works in the timeline of things, because how does she know she's going to see her on the day that she shows up and that things are going to line up? But regardless, she was able to get a cheat code, if you will, of all the things that have changed, you know, and we get to see that at the very end. That explains a lot of things about, you know, what happened from the changes because of what she did. Well, she explains it, and that was good, too. They they said that the reason she wasn't there when she first got out of the time machine was because she didn't account for daylight savings time or uh, something yes, like yes. that. Well, so, oh, they did know. mention that, yes. I was thinking, how do they know the day? But I guess she wrote the date down. She put the date in the time machine, so that would make sense that she would know, okay, on this day, I'm going to have to give her this book, you know? Um, they do make a brief mention, by the way, in that, that the, the alternate Chris Dubasage, who is still alive, the one who saw his father killed by some random person and actually his future self, uh, was so troubled by what he saw that he went and he became a monk at some kind of monastery, yes. like in, in Asia or something. And they are still watch, uh, keeping check on him to make sure that he doesn't become the Chris. Yeah you know, that, that the, he originally was, which is a uh, kind of a setup for a possible sequel. If they ever want to go that route. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I think Jamie's fine. I mean, oh, she's yeah. not like, she's not the kind of final girl that like, you know, like Sienna would have been, you know, like we discussed, you know, with oh, yeah. she doesn't kick ass or anything till the very end. In fact, she may, she messes up quite a bit because every time she tells them, uh, and we've already discussed why, because for wokeness, she pushes people away and they don't want to trust her. But every time that she tells somebody that somebody's going to be killed and tries to prevent it, she actually pushes them into getting killed. Yeah. You know, as a result. Um, uh, she tried, though. She th- she had she was tricked because she had an idea in her head what was going to happen. It was so, like, uh, and it's funny how in the future things were changing, too. Like, if you, not, well, I should say 2023, present time, things were changing because news articles were changing before Dubasage's fucking it, very eyes. He's like, okay, I know that it said this before, and you know. And then what did they bring out? Up the Mandela effect. That's And I love that, too, because it perfect, perfectly explains how, how somebody would feel, I mean, when something they've known is like a core part of their being suddenly changes yeah. out of nowhere, you know. 
uh, it, it was a good explanation for that. I thought. A I good, thought good so too. Writing. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, what do we think about Doug as the original Sweet Sixteen killer? He wasn't very prolific, but I guess he got the job done on the people who done him or done his girlfriend wrong. Fat yeah, Trish. it is that that's, that's what her name was. I'm just saying. I know, no, no, no. I know. I thought it was hilarious, but um, and I bet you too, she wasn't even that fat. I bet you she was just. She like probably wasn't. No. Thickums McGee, and for back in the '80s, that was morbidly obese. So she's probably like me, a size five that you know people look and they're like whoa you know that's a little thick and it's like a, no it's not <laughs> i'll show you thick it's not on me but you know people in the double digits but regardless uh yeah fat trish i didn't get it at first and i kind of had actually forgotten why did doug become the killer but that makes sense his girlfriend was she was drinking and they kind of bullied her into driving home. I wasn't quite getting that part of the story. They bullied her into drinking because they kept making oh, yeah. fun of her over different things. Then once she was drunk, she they kept bullying her even further. And she's like, I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to drive home. And they led her. And then yeah. she ended up dying. And and in the middle, and, the, and this is how Doug knew about it, in the middle of her you know, breaking down and going that, getting that drunk, she messaged him and told him what was happening to her. Wait, how'd she so, message him? Um, I can't remember how they said that she, she got a hold of, maybe she called him. Maybe yeah, she, called she him must have called him because uh, texting wasn't quite there yet. Yeah, so she, I think, the, but they said that she contacted him and, and, and told him about what was happening. And before he could get there to drive her, he was on his way. I think he was on his way there to pick her up. Oh, because yeah. Because he knew that she, she'd already started out and then got an accident, uh, which is kind of, it's pretty dark. I mean, it's, you know, it's a pretty dark reveal in the movie. I mean, given, you know, how goofy the characters are up until that point, it's like, you know, and that's why Pam is so uh, just, it, it offends her so much that, that, you know, Jamie claims that she would do something that dastardly herself. You yeah. know, she's like, she's like, they did that. Why, why would you think I'm that evil? Like, I mean, yeah, you know, I would, you know, make fun of her, but like, I wouldn't do that to her. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, I feel like Doug, I mean, and Doug stopped, like he got rid of the three that actually caused it and he didn't go after Pam. So, I mean, it, it's Chris, as a fame whore and in the, in the, in his dad's perpetual shadow that ends up being the one that actually got Pam and, and started all this. And Pam put up a fucking fight. Cause she specifically said, and I was like, that would fucking suck. She's lived 35 years of worrying if the killer was ever going to back. She's like, you think I'm going to fucking not be prepared? She had guns in so many hidden sections of her home. She fucking knew self-defense. She kicked ass. Yeah, she did, and um, and I like that too because it, it goes back to what we were talking about with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character Lori Strode. There's obviously multiple versions of her. Yeah, I hate the I hate the H two O version of her that just accepted that Michael was still out there somewhere. Yeah, and or possibly could be, and oh, I'm just going to live my life, you know. No, the one that's in the 2018 where she's like this PTSD, uh, you know, survivalist, you know, type that makes just like kind of. Pam didn't go that extreme, but Pam was ready. She had guns everywhere. She was waiting for the moment that somebody would try to, you know, come back and, and finish the deed. And so that that's where she was at with it. Yeah, um, it, I think it worked out really good. And I thought Julie Bowen did an amazing job in, in those scenes where she had to fucking fight. 
she did. Uh, she did really well. Uh, what'd you think about whenever they came back to the future? And, uh, uh, first of all, this movie set on Halloween. So technically it can be a Halloween movie every year, just throwing that out there for people. Uh, but what did you uh, think about whenever, uh, Jamie came back and then her parents were, uh, dressed up. I'm trying to remember what Blake was dressed up as because Julie was dressed up like Jamie was from the past. Uh, she was actually dressed as Jamie, which was kind of a nuts, a uh, little nod to Jamie, you know, or Colette now, uh, to say, you know, you inspired me, you know, I'm, you know, I'm dressed like you, but I can't remember what Blake was dressed up like. I don't point. remember. I, you, uh, yeah, you're not getting anything from me. I wasn't paying attention. I, mean, it, I was all over the he place. Wasn't, he wasn't muscle shirt anymore. He had, I, I think, I want to say he was just like this general, like 80s, like hairband type outfit or something. Yeah. Because they were talking about how their, their, their favorite band was like some kind of like hair metal band or something. They were going to go, go see them. I did like the little comment that she made though that uh, grandma would be there too. Oh, uh, yeah. She was every year because she finally patched things up with her own mom, Pam did. Yeah. So. Grandma can't wait to see you at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Uh, I I did like that where she told uh where Jamie told Pam she's like you know with that whole scene we we kind of mentioned it but you know don't talk to your mother like that because you don't know when she might not be here you know yeah uh best kill for me was Chris exploding into the pink mist because that fucker deserved it uh I mean of all the fucking people in the movie I mean I I, I felt bad for Doug and Doug wasn't a total asshole like yeah he was nice to Jamie he whenever they he was just regularly talking to her well she was uh, like him she's fucking being bullied you know yeah uh but Chris I mean he he's just the psychopath like I yeah. mean he deserved everything that came to him definitely and there, what other kills do we have to compare to? Oh, and she was stabbed 16 times, and she was stabbed 16 times. Oh, by the way, this one was stabbed 16 times. Well, Doug getting killed with a scythe was pretty cool. That was, yeah. I mean, I mean it went through him nice and smooth. Because uh, uh, young Sheriff Lim, uh, the teenage version, yeah. uh, she uh, was dressed like death, and then she had a scythe. That, that yeah. was pretty cool. They're I mean, like, whoa, that cool. thing's real? She's like, yeah, my dad gave it to me. There's a killer on the loose. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> uh, best scream, probably Teen Pam when she comes in on uh, Tiffany, the very first kill. I mean, she's the only one I really remember screaming because the rest of they kind of scream toward the end whenever they're they got the rape uh, button or whatever. Oh yeah, that's, that was hilarious too. They're like, "What is this thing?" And it's like, and then they tell her they're like, "Go in there and give some like you're going to go give somebody a, a blowjob because that's what you do." Yeah, here. you like, do it all the time. Oh my god! And then she's walking through. She's like, "Hi, I'm here. I'm ready to give you a blowjob." And then she's terrified. She's been in this house of horrors. I forget what it's called. Um, she's been in it so many times and she specifically said, I feel like if you go into the house of horrors and you see something you don't want to see, that's on you. Cause she's constantly giving guys blowjobs in there. Uh, she's walking <laughs> yes. through, she's for the first time she's seeing what's going on in there, which by the way, the people hidden in different sections of it. I thought that was genius. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. You know, they were all hidden in different spots in the house. Yeah, so she's walking through. She passes by this girl hung upside down, which if you listen to our most recent episode of The Terrifier, it looks like the girl in her black panties waiting to get sawed right down the vege. And she's like, oh, I have those panties. Yeah, I remember her saying that a lot. She's like, oh, I have those. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> ugh. 
gross. Which, by the way, I, I'm we're gonna we're gonna take it back to the terrifier real quick. How did Art get the panties off of her? He literally uh, just pulls them like you know those those jokes you see where people pull their underwear right off, but they're still intact. Yeah. It looks like they're wearing them. How did he get the underwear off of her? She she was I, up in chains. He's an expert mom. I mean, he's yeah. probably got like he's probably like a street magician too. Whatever he does in his other other time, like I would like to know how Art got to the point that he was at. If if they ever want to make a prequel, where yeah, it leads into how the ter- the original Terrifier. How did Art get to that point? Like he had to have been a street performing mom that was like either a psychopath or they pushed him into being one. Yeah, because like, they made so much two. fun of him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that was a side tangent, but yes, we just got done. <laughs> discussing the terrifier and here we are seeing another woman hang well not woman but you know dummy hanging upside down in the same underwear i will argue as the girl in the terrifier uh not tara um don don yes and i was uh, getting ready to say how can you don't know that don was a dummy she might have been highly intelligent <laughs> i wasn't talking about don she was blonde so i doubt it <laughs> No, she was one of those, uh, the way they portrayed her in the Terrifier, this is a tangent going back to that, but uh, they portrayed her as one of those, like, social media idiots yeah. that, like, no matter how dangerous something looks, oh, I got to get a selfie, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, well, you're going to be dead, so go ahead and do that. Anyways, back to uh, the BJs in the House of Horrors. <laughs> Uh, but the size, uh, yeah. her dressed up as as uh, death. So that, that is a cool. It was a cool little thing that they did there. I like that. Uh, she was also <clears throat> supposed to be like people had. They had you thinking for a minute that she could be the killer. Uh, yeah, they did that. And there was, and that's something else that the script was really good at. I got to give them credit for. There, there was this beef between Blake and Sheriff Lynn Lim and the. 2023 and you never could figure out why because they never would say mm-hmm. and then when you go back in the past there's that scene where he tells her he's like you're you're probably the the fucking killer and yeah. she's like I'm not the killer and I'm going to prove that I'm not the killer so that's the reason in 2023 that she always hated uh, uh, Jamie's dad was because he blamed her back whenever the first kills went on I wonder if she doesn't blame him in the future though because she did solve it so I, I thought she was nicer in the future in the second future if you will or this Second, 2023. Well, I think she'd had time to get over it at that point. Yeah. She she had that chip on her shoulder, you know, in the the past or, you know, in the other version because she had never solved it and everybody made fun of her over it, basically. So Yeah, and you know what? There was unanswered questions because she immediately asked, well, where was your dad, you know, at the time? Well, he was driving her to a fucking concert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like alibi right there. Yeah, well, exactly. I, yeah, it's like where was he at, you know? Uh, I like that like I like that line though when she went up to uh, the young teen version of of Sheriff Lim and she's like, "You know what? When you get uh when you get older, you're going to have like a face that expands out and looks kind of like a a pear or whatever she says, and your hair you're going to have really bad hair and like she goes on and on yeah. and the girl's just like all hurt. She's like, "That was really specific." Yeah. <laughs> Oddly specific. Yeah, she, yeah, it was, that was a very Latina move of her because, like, if a Latina can't stab you, they're going to make it hurt like they stabbed you because they're going to tell you some truth that is going to get you. Well, the funny thing is, is that she never took that to heart. Like, I mean, I know she can't control, like, how her face, like, over time changes. Yeah. 
but you would have thought that the future version of her would have been more feminine looking no. or, you know, or, but nope, she's still a, the big manly looking woman she was. Well, she was very broody <laughs> and it's funny because there's, they didn't imply and they absolutely could have, they didn't imply that she was a lesbian or that, you know, she's gay or anything like that. No, that's, that's the one thing I'll give this movie though. The only thing that they introduce like in any of that way is just the brother being, yeah. and that's fine. Cause I mean, it was very quick. A- it was not, it was just addressed. It was touched on. And then it was, you know, break the wrist, walk away, you know? Yeah. And just, and he's one member of the family that, hey, that happens. You know, there's just nothing out of the way for that. I'm just arguing, and if it's Wonderful Knife, if the entire family outside <laughs> of two people, then you got some overrepresentation. Just Yeah, it, it was smooth. It's crazy that they didn't address her like that, though, because they easily could have been like, well, she was miserable because she had not come out, you know, but then if she does come out, she's happier. You know, no, they just kind of kept it as is and i really feel like they could have successfully introduced her as gay or lesbian you know that's the reason i don't feel like this movie is woke like people Mm-mm. try to make it out to be because it doesn't push that stuff it just has a woke character that is actually made fun of by everybody else in the movie <laughs> yeah. you know <clears throat> uh best boobs not applicable for either of the films we're discussing because they don't really show anything in either one of these Mm-mm, not um, really yeah uh, best side character uh, to me, it's Sheriff Lim from the 1980s. I just love how he doesn't give two fucks. He's when she hands him the bloody, you know, paper. She's like, "Yeah, what is this?" And then she says DNA, and he's like, "DMA." Yeah, <laughs> and he just throws it in the floor. He's like, "All right, here's what we're really doing." Yeah, you know? and I'm like, "No, oh, he he was funny." <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any because I feel like even Lauren, Teen Lauren, and. And older Lauren, I think that they, well, maybe not older Lauren so much, but they kind of turn into main characters unintentionally, especially teen Lauren. Um, Yeah. And the friend just wasn't, she was supportive in her role, but, you know, I, I don't know, not as much as her mom was, you know? Yeah, her mom, her mom was actually the better version of her, I thought. Yeah. I mean, because, uh, you know, she she had more of a personality like the one from 2023 who was actually Jamie's friend. You didn't get much from her. I mean, really, I mean, she's, she's into the, the, you know, science and all that stuff like her mom, but other than that, like there's nothing really that stood out about her. She was basically just kind of trying to figure out the machine that her mom had already built. Yeah, yeah, so, she was just latching yeah. onto that, you know. And they idea and they already. stumble across the solution by accident, which I understand that has created some amazing things in the past. Uh, I do like how in the in 1987, when the first murder happens, even though it doesn't happen the same way, uh, Jamie leaves a note that says "stab the machine." And it was like a clue. The machine, yeah, mm-hmm. with a J. And I love that where Chris Dubasage says, we always thought the J was some kind of satanic symbol. And I'm like, it's a fucking J. Yeah. Like, a J. <laughs> and he says, are you sure that's not a, you know, a satanic symbol? She's like, I'm sure. But basically she's like, oh, we need a metal conductor. How the fuck did you get that from Stab the Machine? Like, I get the Stab the Machine, but like, oh, she's telling me I need a metal conductor, you know? Yeah, she she walks it through, but yeah, it's a little it's a little out there because she's like stab the machine, stab the knife. Oh, we need more metal, uh, yeah, metal conductor. That's how she kind of walks it through. 
I want to say that the name of the band that the guy, because I love how they changed that. It's like Beside a Waterbed or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's (laughs) That's so fucking stupid. And for reference, Beside the Waterbed was where he almost got a BJ from, what's her name? (laughs) She didn't want to do it, though, because pee comes out of those things. Yeah. Yeah, Tiffany. I don't do BJs. Um, Pee comes out of those. Gross, yeah. (laughs) It Uh, is. That's how it is. Uh, Franklin Ward is Jamie, the final girl, because we've already said she's woke as fuck. She's annoying as fuck. Yes. I mean, she's, she's likable in her. I love whenever she's trying to connect with Pam and, and the emotional moments she has, it's actually really good. And I do like Kieran and Shipka and she, but still the character is annoying. Yes. She really is. Which brings us to the annoying doom prophet. Which is Jamie, because <laughs> Jamie. she's the only one who knows who's the ki- that there is a killer and that there's going to be deaths and everybody's and she's annoying in a different way because even though she's she's not like screeching at them like the way that Crazy Ralph or the Crazy yeah. Cat Lady would have been, she's she's uh, browbeating them like a Southern Baptist preacher. It's like if y'all don't do this, you're going to go to hell. It's like you're going to die and go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, dumbest moment the teens completely ignoring jamie and going to the cabin in the woods after being told that the killer was striking in because pam pam there's a scene and, and i love it because of just how stupid it shows that they they can be as teenagers uh she's talking to her and she's like wait jamie said that the killer would be here this weekend and it's like she told you that like five times when you got here like why are you just now like waking up to this do you remember you know what the line that i'm talking about it's like whenever they hear the scream inside the cabin and she tells, and she is just like her and Blake have had their moment. She's cut herself. Yeah. And then she looks at Blake. She's like, wait, Jamie said that the killer's supposed to be here this weekend. And she's like, all freaked yeah. out. I'm like, that's why she was trying to keep yes. you from coming here. Like, what the fuck? And it's funny because what I think who it was, um, the, the Asian girl, uh, she, she's like, we're going to go to my parents' condo. That was considered a condo back in the day. That is what a condo was. And a condo is now an apartment. Yeah. yeah. So the description, yes, it was a cabin in the woods, 100%. But back in the day, the style of this quotation mark cabin is the style of what a condo used to be back in the day. So it was a great misinterpretation of we're going to go to a condo. A condo is clearly in the city, which I did hear them imply that it was going to be in the city. Did you not catch that? They did imply that to get her to shut up. Yeah. Okay. So they said that on purpose, but still, it was still a condo and fucking dying that <laughs> it was like the exact cabin where she died uh one thing i just thought of that i really like is the tie back between um future pam and past pam that jamie uses to get into pam's life she knows that pam believes in psychics because her she's got that line where she says yeah i've got all this stuff to protect myself she's got got maze i've got this uh this uh, gem that a psychic gave my mom to protect me yeah and so when she goes back in the past she's talking to young pam at you know after the party after tiffany's been killed she's like how do you know that she was supposed to be killed she's like because i'm a psychic yeah because she knows that pam believes in psychics and then she hands her that gem and she's like this is what i use to focus my and like i'm like that's perfect because she knows her mom believes in this shit yeah. so he's using it to slide in there and you know uh get her to believe her so that is pretty good writing and i thought that yeah sense. i like how she's like this looks legit <laughs> <laughs> yeah when she says that a lot she's like this looks legit <laughs> uh 
I like this movie. Oh, yeah. uh, before we finish this up, I uh, we've already said our rankings, and we and we both liked Happy Death Day. So for it to be up there, I mean that's it. But I, it, it's nice whenever there's really good movies coming out in the genre and yeah. this is, is one of them I think so yeah and Amazon kind of needs to work on pumping them out in order to keep people with their Amazon subscriptions you get it free when you have Amazon Prime um Amazon Prime we do not have sponsors so if you're looking to sponsor a podcast <laughs> that's probably better than Shutter, to be honest even though I would pr- appreciate both but with Amazon Prime I do more shopping so yeah if they want if they want to support us that would be great I you know I bet you they don't. Order. I bet you they don't sponsor a damn person. They, they, they don't. They don't sponsor. Yeah, I don't ever hear commercials like Amazon Prime. You know, actually, no, I take that back because there is, there are a few podcasts um, I hear where uh, if you, if you post your, um, if you subscribe to Amazon podcast, not podcast, but like uh, Amazon Music, you can hear the podcast first on that, like a day earlier. And so I guarantee you Amazon is sponsoring those people, probably pennies to the dollar, but, you know, still sponsoring. And we're getting negative pennies to the dollar, so we would happily take pennies to the dollar at this point. (laughs) Shutter, I would love to be sponsored by Shutter, though, only because of who they are, what they have, but Peacock is really coming up with the horror, too. Well, that's because they're owned by Universal, and Universal is the studio that's most known for horror movies. Oh, definitely. So, you know, um, look at the thing is, is that it's not a competition, guys. If you all want to sponsor us, we're here for it. (laughs) And if we have to have exclusivity clauses, that's fine. Oh, I guess. uh, One of you, just please step up and make this. uh, Highest bidder. You can have us. We're uh, we're cheap, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about the movie. It has enough heart to it. It sells the the Karen in missing her mom. Uh, it's got the comedy to it. It's it's got the blood. It's not scary, so I guess you could maybe fault it for that. But I don't have to have that in a horror comedy necessarily because no. I don't get scared anyway. So it don't, for the most part. Yeah. No, it was really good. It's funny because uh, I watched this for the first time literally the other day. So I waited. I waited to the very end before we recorded to catch this one. And uh, it's funny because so many people are like, hey, you need to watch Totally Killer. You need to watch Totally Killer. Well, I know you're listening to this podcast, and I watched it, guys. There you go. (laughs) All right, folks. uh, Join us next time for the final girls and the wrap-up to Slasher Pass season. With that, peace be with you. And with your spirit. Yeah, it's